You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Brian Gross, your host this morning. Thanks for listening, joining us, um, keeping us in your prayers. And uh, as always, um, your monetary donations uh, are always very much appreciated to keep us on the air. So we have the great pleasure of um, inviting in Father Dominic Bauck, who is the new chaplain at the University of Mary, serving all the good students uh, at that good university here in Bismarck. Uh, so, Father Bauck, thanks for uh, being on with us this morning. Thank you. That's great. So, uh, Father Bauck was ordained in 2018. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he was at the cathedral for a couple of years as the associate, and then I think, uh, and also uh, chaplain um, at St. Mary's High School in Bismarck. And I think, kind of surprising, right, Father Bauck? Was you were a little bit surprised when you got the phone call? Hey, I want you to be the bishop. Calls Monsignor Shea calls and says, um, "We'd like you to be the chaplain uh, out here at the University of Mary." Was that sort of a surprise for you, or were you kind of expecting? Yeah. It? No, it's a total surprise. So and, how's the uh, yeah? How's the transition been from St. Mary's High School to the university? You know, some similarities, some differences. Uh, how would you kind of describe uh, just your first like month or two uh, now out there? Well, it was, it was hard right away because naturally, you know, when you, whenever you have a change of assignment, especially when you love, it's really hard. But yeah. then it was also in the middle of the pandemic, so it was March when I found out, and you can't really talk about it for a while, and then like. We barely, luckily, we got a graduation out of out of the year in May. But at the time when I was reassigned, it was like, you know, you can't even say goodbye because everyone's locked in their own home. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And then they come out here July 1st, and there's no one out here. So it was like five months of really just a weird time. I know everyone, you know, has their own kind of COVID story, but it was, it was really tough. But then, you know, uh, the last week of August, uh, we have a, what's called the University Ministry Team. So there's 15 students who uh, help out the the university ministry, and so we had a, like a week long retreat. And then like the second that that thing started, it was just like an avalanche of grace. <laughs> it was so mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. These really just top notch uh, students, young adults, and uh, yeah, we just kind of talked a lot about about a lot of different things on campus and how to, especially how to evangelize campus. Um, and then the students came, and then it's really been, you know, surprisingly normal with regards to COVID. We're, we're way uh, lower than even the city of Bismarck is in terms of positives and quarantines and all that. So it's a little different this year, especially for our athletes. You know, our, our hearts go out to them because their lives mm. are still continuing to be upended. But in, as far as the campus in general goes, it's full of life. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I have barely time to, to rest my so they keep me really busy, which I'm very happy about, and uh, it, it's it's amazing. The difference I would say between high school and university ministry is high school. You know, I think a lot of people look back on their high school days and it's like a, lot, a time of awkwardness and a lack of freedom. You know, you're kind of worried a lot a lot about what other people are doing around you, how they perceive you, and you're kind of there all day. You know, just imagine you're sitting in a classroom all day from eight to three, and then you have your extracurriculars and. It's just kind of like a very confined life. The university mm-hmm. is like much more free. You know, you're much more free to make your own choices. You're you're becoming more of in a, in terms of personality who you are. You know, you're more confident in yourself. Uh, and on the flip side of that, because of that increased amount of freedom, there's an increased amount of anxiety and uncertainty. And so that's you know, I get a lot of students coming through my office who are just like uncertain about the next stage of their life, and they they just need counsel on that. But overall, you know, there's differences. 
but the, the university life is just it's a, it's it's a little bit more spontaneous. You're moving around a lot, but it's it's a lot of fun. So when you uh, you sort of wake up in the morning and you and you look forward to your to your day. Um, what are some of the things that you can kind of guarantee, like you know that this is going to happen or you know that <laughs> that you're going to have this kind of an interaction, um, maybe something that uh, that's sort of struck you as, as interesting um, in that regard as far as being a chaplain at the university? Well, the, sort of the basics, you know, mass, <laughs> mass is kind sure. of just like the, the, mm-hmm. the one constant of every day, which is actually, you know, we get about, even during the, the pandemic, we're getting about, you know, 150 to 200 students who come to our daily masses. Yeah, Father, every day. yeah you know what? Before you, before you even go on, why don't you, we talked about that the other day. Um, just talk about your experience about at celebrating Mass on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday, right? For, <laughs> for all these, like, I mean, how, what does that do for you personally? Is it like, you know, to give some of the folks listening, um, you know, some real hope uh, in regards to Cal, right. know, university college students in the future? Well, the, the biggest danger is I have to make sure I don't preach too long because the, the, <laughs> The congregation is, is, you know, college students, pretty much some faculty, and uh, they're just really engaged. They're, they're, they're completely present to what's going on uh, at the sacrifice of the Mass. So it is, it's a, it's a great source of joy every single day, you know. And that's why I brought it up, not just because of, you know, being captain obvious, but it's like, there's this, this is the constant of every day, a Mass with a lot of students that's kind of high energy and not in like the manifestation of you know physical movement sense but yep. you can just tell that it's a very engaged crowd and it is a huge source of joy as a priest uh and as the chaplain of the university to see that there's this groundswell and i think that motivates me and i'm still still working on this and we talked about this too of, of yes there's a lot of students in the chapel but then there's a lot of students who who never you know participate in any faith activities whatsoever you know I always say, like, there's no place more dangerous for someone's faith than a college campus, and it's so easy just to kind of, like, uh, you know, fade away or drift away. And so I use the Mass to really motivate, you know, in addition to all the obvious, like, sacramental things that are going on, to really motivate those students there, not to be content with the fact that there's a, a chapel on a Tuesday with 150 kids around them, but to say, okay, now you're here on a Tuesday, which is God's grace, you know, that he brought you here, and now it's up to you to kind of respond in a in a generous way to the rest of campus um, it, to invite people to experience what you're experiencing, that joy that you've experienced in your life. Now go share that with other people in, in that way. You know, I can't minister personally to 1,100 students that live on campus, but, you know, if we kind of the, the, the model that Christ gave us of selecting a few and then selecting a, a bigger group to go out and, and to find those students wherever they are. And Father Shea, Father Robert Shea, who's now at St. Wenceslas and Dickinson, my predecessor really identified that and, and kind of I'm, I'm carrying on that mantle. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Did he, did he hand it on to you? And then you, anyway, no, I won't, I won't do the Elijah, <laughs> Elijah thing. So, um, so when you uh, look out at those kids, uh, those students, right. And you see um, all these different faces from, you know, all over the country, all over the world, right. Really in a sense, right. Yeah. You know, so, so what, um, uh, you know, and you're, and you're telling them go out and, and proclaim and, and invite and so on. Uh, can you talk a little bit? Of, you you were mentioning your RCIA program the other day when we were talking as well, and just um, if you could speak a, a little bit about your experience of what is the level of interest uh, amongst, say, a, a student who never has heard the gospel before, or right. maybe 
had a very, very weak uh, faith uh, growing up. What, what has been your experience with, with some of these people who are uh, uh, awakening um, to the truth? Yeah. That's a great question, and it's a little different. So I helped teach RCA at the parish, and, you know, you get a kind of wider swath of people. But here it's more focused, just college students. But I think, you know, at this point in your life, and you know this from your own life, Father, but just like college is this time where, especially if you're really invested into you know trying to live a, a good life, but you're not sure how to do it, um, that you're op- there's a greater openness at the time you're in uh, at a university, and so there are there, there's, there's a a variety of students who come to RCA, and it's growing every week. You know, some people are there uh, because primarily because people invite them to go. You know, say, hey, you, you, are you interested in learning about the Catholic faith? Sure, okay, go Wednesday evenings. And uh, I think there's that there, there's in general a greater questioning that happens when you're at a college campus, um, but that openness, you know, also brings some to, especially at a Catholic university, be like, why is this university Catholic? What does it even mean to be Catholic? And, and they come, and it's fun, and they ask really, constantly, <laughs> they ask really, really good questions, and sometimes I'm just like, oh gosh. <laughs> but the, the flip side of that is, you know, we have a lot of great professors, and so they come and they assist. And, and they teach in their in their kind of specialty, and yeah, it's fun. I, every week we get a few more a few more attendees, you know. So it sounds like your RCA actually you should be getting credits if you're attending well, yeah, your RCA a, you program. Know, like that, you have doc- a, we just had we just had Dr. Joseph Stewart on talking about his book on the Enlightenment, you know, and then you have all the other uh, really extraordinary uh, professors out there, so. Um, yeah, exactly. That's that's really that's really exciting. So, uh, Father Buck, can you think any? Um, this might be putting you on the spot, but can you think of a question that a student has asked you where you're like, "Wow, that's a good question I've ever heard before," uh, or am I kind of putting you on the spot in that, with that with that there? The best thing I got this is on a on a friend. Uh, it was a it was a person at RCA, and the, their uh, their I think it might have been boyfriend or whatever asked them, you know. Uh, well, what's like? I, it's hard for me to believe in God because there's like such little evidence. You know, the kind of the classic a little bit mm-hmm. objection to God. You know, it's like how, how could I? I can't see him. I can't touch him. I can't feel him. Mm-hmm. Why would I think that God existed? Which is a great question. And then, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. Um, my my response here is, you know, we, we believe in. Well, per, first of all, in the class, I talked about how you know I <laughs> don't remember these kind of lousy arguments from like the the new atheist crowd of. You know, well, okay, you can't prove God doesn't exist. We also can't prove an invisible flying spaghetti monster doesn't exist. You know, right. <laughs> right. And so it's like, but we, as Catholics, we don't believe that God is just some some added thing in the universe that may or may not exist. If He does exist, it's nice because He gives you presents. If He doesn't exist, well, you know, whatever. We believe that God is the most real thing ever. Right? That He is the source of all being, and that He's not only the source of all being, but He's the source of our happiness. He's our final destiny. He's the he's the underpinning for all of creation. At every single moment, God is holding it all together, and He's the only being that gives anything meaning whatsoever. Without Him, the entire universe collapses. So, at least let's be honest about the claim that we're making. We're not making a claim that some extra thing exists or doesn't exist. We're we're, we're going for the gold. Like we're, we're we're trying to see the entire meaning of all things, right? And that is rooted in God. And so, but I talked to her too. Like, okay, invisible things, you know. It's hard to believe in invisible things. Some of the most important things in life are invisible, right? Love. <laughs> Love is invisible. Uh, friendship. Um, you know, ideas. Concepts. 
Like, why would we think, you know, you could, you could take an MRI of someone's head that's feeling loved and, you know, maybe some part of the brain is going to glow a little bit. But you wouldn't say that that's love, you know. But there's all sorts of things that we can't see that we believe in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't read a history book if you, if you didn't have, you know, you can't even read a science book. You know, how many of us have seen, you know, Pluto? You, you could see it from a telescope, but you yourself haven't. And so we believe in invisible stuff all the time. I think those deepest things of life that we see, uh, that we don't see, are, are actually the most important things of life. And of course, who is God? God is love. And, and so, if you're imagining, you know, Santa Claus in the sky, and he's just invisible, well, yeah, yes, that's. A, <laughs> I think Bishop Barron says, "I'm an atheist too." Then, if that's what we're talking about, I don't believe in that God. But we're talking about something much more fundamental and much deeper. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, Father Bauk, as we um, kind of conclude here this interview, about five minutes or so, uh, kind of thinking about um, what it is that folks who are listening, maybe their kids go to university, maybe they're thinking about it, or they just want to generally support the university and the good work that you're doing there, you and Monsignor Shea, and all the, uh, obviously all the faculty, staff, etc. Um, what are some of the things that, that you could encourage folks listening about um, in any ways that maybe they could help, obviously, with their prayers and so on. But uh, I guess just anything kind of what well, you wanted to speak more specifically to, to the folks who are listening who aren't right there on campus with you. Right. So there's this book that uh, the University of Mary uh, published. It's called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. This isn't a book plug. I, just, <laughs> I tell this book uh, to anyone I see. But anyway, From yeah. Christendom to Apostolic Mission, you can find it on Amazon or uh, call anyone that knows. Um, but it's this great book that kind of traces where we're at in terms of civilizations and the world and the Church's role in those civilizations. And you Mary is this great institution that has a foot in both worlds, because it is this kind of, this almost fading model of the Church with, with great power in her institutions, right? We know these things. The, the, the Church, uh, which built the great cathedrals, which founded the university system, uh, in general in Europe in the first place, and now is experiencing a lot in her institution's great decay, right? Great secularization and, and fading away of Catholic identity. So you, Mary, has, you know, has still held on to that great Catholic identity, but also it has an eye towards the future of how are we going to spread the gospel in an increasingly aggressive secular society. And the great thing is we have an opportunity right on campus to do it. We have a very wide swath of students from people who completely disregard the faith the people who are very into the faith, and literally every single thing in between. And so right now on this campus, we're figuring out, as you would love, Father Gross, uh, you know, how, what's the best way that we can evangelize the culture? And so we, we, it is a special world up here on the Hill. Um, and if they, of course, they can pray, they can visit, and they can, and they can certainly check that book out. Um, among a million other things, but I know we're running out of time. This is too yeah. short. No, no, you're, no, you're, you're, you're fine, Father Dump. So, because um, after you get off the phone, I'm just going to talk for like five more minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, we, so I know you got to run to Mass. you got to run to Mass. But um, what you just described there, right, is the charism of the Benedictine, right? You, I mean, you... Right, exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the Benedictine sisters that sponsor the university there. And um, it's, what they, it's what the Benedictines, it's what St. Benedict did, it's what the Benedictines did uh, so many thousands of years ago about um, reawakening both the, 
the reality of what it means just to be human. Like, you know, I got to go to the yeah. farm and I got to do these different things. Um, and God's very much involved in that. And that's, and that's one of the things that's so great about University of Mary is you know, you're forming somebody to be a physical therapist or you're sending someone off to be an yeah. engineer or a nurse. Um, but within that very much, you know, immediately human thing, God is filling your work and filling your life with, um, with his love and with just, just a simple fact that we're supposed to serve each other. Right. And so, um, but good, but for the bulk, uh, thanks for being on. Um, are you the celebrant uh, for the mass? Or are you can celebrating or uh, I'm, who's... Uh, Father Craig Vosick, the chaplain for athletes and yes. real presence radio host is the yes. celebrant. I'm, I'm real res- celebrant. real presence radio star. He's in the hall of fame. Star, I yeah. <laughs> I think he's in the hall of fame. So good. Yeah. Well, someday you can get there. Father yeah, Chris. that's right. <laughs> keep us uh, keep us all in your prayer, uh, especially at Mass, sure. Father Bauk, and uh, thanks for being on. We'll we'll talk again soon. God bless. All right, thanks. God bless. Bye. See you. See you.